You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Visit JabberjawMedia.com for more shows like this one. Hello and welcome to episode 115 of the Managemental Podcast, a weekly discussion on hot topics in the music biz for the up-and-comers, the brand newbies, the beginners, and aspiring rock stars of tomorrow. This podcast is propelled by your input and feedback, so please rate and review and leave us a comment on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to this show. I am your host, Mr. Blasco, and as always, I am joined by my good friend, the co-host from the other coast, Mr. Mike Mowry. My man, 115, I was trying to think of some numerology stuff for this, and I'm by no means an actual numerologist. I just like to associate, uh, you know, those things. And having spent a lot of time in California, you guys got all these ones with your highways, but I don't think there's a 115, to my knowledge. So, can't can't even tell us if we're on the road to fresno or something so <laughs> strap in you know put your seatbelt on and hang on for the ride blasco and i are going to take you to roads you've never been on before how about that uh in the last episode we chatted about being prepared that was a really great episode so check it out if you haven't already this week we talk about maybe one of the greatest topics ever getting more by doing less <laughs> this is going to be killer so let's get mental oh yeah so um mike uh chris robley from cd baby and diy musician pod uh musician podcast um i think we used him on the last episode as well so he just yeah. must be cranking out the content i was gonna ask man you got a side a side deal going with chris is this cross no. promotion or is this yeah. just this guy's cranking out good stuff for us yeah, I've never even talked to him before. Actually, I just I listened to the podcast, and I feel like I know him because I do. But yeah, never even met the guy. But however, what a clickbaity type of of topic where it's five areas where musicians can gain more by doing less. Because what musician do you know doesn't want to have more and do way less? <laughs> <laughs> So um, here we go. As a DIY musician, it can feel like you need to be doing everything at once, but the reality is that having your fingers in too many pies can leave you stretched a little thin. Striving independent artists want more, more listeners, more money, more opportunities, and more recognition. But there are a few areas where you could actually benefit by doing less. Yeah, I like this. I mean, just as a whole, this is such a hard concept for me to grasp sometimes and to swallow because, you know, you and I are built from the same, we're cut from the same cloth. Like we like doing things, right? Mm-hmm. We, we, we're good at handling and managing a, a lot of different things. And, you know, I've seen in certain ways that it affords opportunities by being involved in more or at least that's my perception of it. So what I really like about this article as a whole is he's not saying 
you know, just always do less. He's really saying, let's look at a few specific areas. Um, so I'm willing to, I'm willing to walk through it with you. Yeah. <clears throat> Number one, use less gear. Imagine how many more gigs you'd be excited and qualified to play if your load in and sound check time was cut in half. Compare that to some friends of mine who have a band with so much gear, they really can't accept gigs unless they're the headliner. It's impossible for them to rush on or off stage, so opening slots are tough sells, and they also need to leave their gear set up during the opener's set. Yeah, I mean, this is one that, of course, is going to be dependent upon genre and dependent upon some of the stuff that you're you know, able to do. Obviously, I think in the worlds that we specialize in, we saw, you know, if I think about the wave of artists that we were maybe talking about before we got started, where there was a lot of people who started to incorporate keyboards, you know, and so then all of a sudden, you've got a six member up there, you've got this complicated keyboard setup, or maybe it's not that complicated, but it is just one more piece of gear. You know, you've got one additional person. And then people started tracking that stuff. Um, you know, so there's the debate that I'd like to avoid of whether or not it's okay to track stuff, but inevitably, I think the fundamental point here is no matter what your genre is, no matter what you're trying to do musically, is there a way to simplify, right? It's not saying, it's not saying, cool, man, we need to have two guitars, a bassist, you know, a drummer and a singer. And we're all of a sudden trying to tell you to strip down to a three piece. That's not it. But, you know do you need seven pedal boards? Do you need two pedal boards? Do you need multiple pedals, right? Can you do something? Can you look at your setup and, and, and really run it by someone else? Because if you're anything like me, if I'm looking at my own setup, <laughs> yeah, I'm not ditching anything, <laughs> you know, I'm listening to this and then saying, screw this guy. I'm adding more to it. Yeah. Right. So it's really about getting that objective opinion and being willing to listen to that objective opinion. But yeah, I mean, if you're missing out on gigs, you know, I mean, opening slots are tough sells because they can't rush on or off stage. Hey, that's a perfectly good reason to, you know, even have a, hey, when we go and play as an opener, this is how we're going to play. And when it's time to do a headline set, we're going to add more things to it. Um, I think regardless of what the, Defend, you know what the answer is here being willing to take a look at your setup and simplify is well worth the discussion yeah i mean i think a practical application for this particular item here uh for our listeners is that in the event that you're able to say go on tour right like you're able to to get a tour um what you want to do is you want to be the person you want to be the band, you want to be the opener that is totally not a headache for the headliner and the headliner's crew. Um, there are even, let's just say that as a local band, you've got some major setup and you've got tremendous amount of amps and you've got a huge drum kit. In the event that you're going to go on tour and be part of a package, think about stripping yourself down because it can be done like now with the uh, the uh, the advent of um, uh, of like uh, Axe Effects or or uh, you know whatever those digital 
uh, modeling amps are, right? Yep. You don't need to roll with crazy pedal boards and 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 crazy, you know, like a crazy amount of gear. You can strip your drum kit down to a single kick with a double pedal. You know what I mean? Something that is a small footprint that can be moved on and off stage in a relatively quick in in, in quick format. And also too, considering that if you are the opener, you're going to be set up in front of a multitude of bands. Like let's just say your first of four, your gear is being set up in front of three other bands. And sometimes whenever you've got too much gear, it gets funky. The drummer has to set all the way up on one side and and it feels ridiculous or whatever. Like if you're able to have a much smaller footprint, that's going to benefit you getting on and off stage as well as your your presence as well as your stage placement. So I don't know, just a couple of, uh, of thoughts, maybe riffing on this idea. Totally. And I mean, how many times have you and I, you know, heard caught wind of a band and it wasn't like, Oh my God, this was the best show ever. It was Holy crap. Did you see what they did with the minimal amount of stuff that they brought? Yeah. Right. It can be a bit of a talking point, like take some pride in being able to accomplish things that others you know, use three pieces of gear to do and you're able to get up there and have a really stripped down thing. You know, again, a lot of it's going to be genre dependent um, and, you know, cut things down bit by bit. We're not telling you to take, you know, uh, two full stacks and start playing through a combo amp, Um, you know, but you could maybe get rid of a full stack or whatever it may be. So, yeah. And, um, and my last uh, little tidbit on this is the less gear you bring, that means there's more space in the trailer for merchandise. And <laughs> isn't selling merchandise more important than having 10 fucking cabinets on stage? <laughs> yes. Yes, it is. Um, number two, quit your side projects. Community, networking, expression, collaboration. All good reasons to do the typical musician thing of being in 20 bands at once, but stop or at least cut it back. I mean, this is like nails on a chalkboard to probably (laughs) most people and myself included, you know, because I can justify anything, right? Yeah. I do think that there's some, especially when you're developing, right? I mean, it's cool once you're established to go have, side projects, right? Kind of allows mm-hmm. you to show other skill sets. You know, you're playing with other types of people. Maybe you're creating a to- totally different genre or style of music that, you know, your main thing isn't. But when you're coming up, when I go and talk to you, you know, or some guy comes up to you and me, Blasco, at a show and, you know, he's pitching pitching himself and we say, well, you know, what band are you in? He's like, well, I'm in this one. But if you don't like that, I'm in this one. And if you don't like that, I'm in this one. Or what makes me so unique is I'm in, you know, this fourth one. What we really want to hear is, this is what I do. This is what I'm passionate about. This is what I believe in. And I'm all in on this one thing. Yeah. I mean, you know, in this day and age, like sometimes I just feel like you got to commit, like you got to take some time and, and, and really put forth the effort that it takes to invest into the one thing that you're the most enthusiastic about. Because if you spread yourself thin, then you're only kind of giving half-assed attempts at uh, 
a bunch of different things. And I, I just kind of feel like if you put all your effort and enthusiasm into the one thing, that's potentially going to fare better than four or five things that are only getting a quarter of your effort and enthusiasm. Yeah. Uh, number three, stick to one style for your brand image and social pics. There's no rule against showing off your many sides and certainly platforms like Instagram give you many different ways to be expressive, but that doesn't mean you need to use them all. If you find yourself spending too much time posing for editing and posting pics or scratching your head over whether the text in your post should be sarcastic or sincere, maybe it's time to simplify your life for a few months or even a whole album cycle. Choose one approach and apply it to all the images, essays, and posts you create. Yeah, this is cool. I mean, it sort of goes back to the old adage, keep it simple, stupid. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and, and I, I like this point because I maybe I haven't really thought about that because, you know, for me, and I'm not really as super active on socials at the moment, I've always kind of just tried to express in my own voice. but. Yeah, sometimes I like to be serious. Sometimes I like to be funny. Sometimes I like to be sarcastic. Um, and I and again, I think so much of this stuff, you and I are going to look at it from the lens of people who are maybe more established. Um, and part of the beauty of this podcast is I think you and I can still tap into that place where we weren't established. And we work with artists who have gone through that process. So... I think this is genius in a sense. It's like, you know, if I'm talking to a young band that I'm advising, yeah, like don't, I think in that, in that time that you're trying to figure out what to do, there's almost that option paralysis. Should today be funny? Should today be sincere? Mm -hmm. It's like, just stick with one, you know? And if you see that isn't working after, you know, a, a true attempt, you got to give things some time then maybe go back and adjust the strategy. But trying to just throw a bunch of things at the wall and seeing which one sticks, I love this point. It probably isn't going to work for you. Yeah, understanding your brand is very important and sticking to that message, even if you have to write it down of like, what, who do we represent? What is, what, what are, what what is what is it that our brand stands for? Or what is it that our band stands for? Like who is our audience? Staying on brand with that. And then even more importantly, when it comes to posting, staying consistent. Of course, you're gonna bounce around, you know, from having a sincere caption versus a sarcastic caption, right? Of course that's gonna happen, but staying on brand but as well as staying consistent. Um, I think that that's equally as important, but, but keeping your message because the thing of it is that's going to help you build a fan base is speaking to a specific audience. And you're going to want to keep on that brand path to build that audience because you don't want to confuse them and you don't want to not speak to them because then you're not going to be able to build a fan base. So, Whatever it is that your presentation it is, whoever it is that you feel that you're speaking to, you've got to put yourself in their perspective of what they want to see. You got to figure, like, you know, t keep in mind what the average 
say Instagram, if we're talking social media, what is the average Instagram person? How many people do they follow? I mean, now like every brand, every band, like everything, they probably follow thousands of people. And so you got to figure when they're scrolling through there, what's going to make them stop the scroll, pay attention, read the caption and double tap that photo. You got to put yourself in that perspective, right? Like we go back to the two episodes or so ago when I was like, the thing that you don't want to do is post a ridiculous photo (laughs) of the, your headstock of your guitar in the studio, because that's just, you're going to scroll right past that. It's not keeping anyone's attention and, and it's not speaking to anyone. It's no, it's like this protect that particular band. They have no voice. Like they don't, like they don't even realize how boring that is. It's, it's like, you know, so you got to stay on brand and you got to stay consistent and you got to understand who your audience is and you got to give them something that they want. Yeah. And I think we've got to try to fit in the headstock reference into every future episode <laughs> and run a contest that people can tell us the timestamp of when we've discussed it. <laughs> Um, I'm just going to find that photo and we're just going to post it. This that that's going to be our new header is just that photo. I love it (laughs) too much. Uh, uh, Number four, be on fewer social platforms. Speaking of your social stuff, you've probably neglected your presence on some platform, right? Haven't tweeted in weeks, no new YouTube videos in over a month, wherever you're slacking, ask yourself why? If you don't see yourself picking up that slack anytime soon, maybe consider going all in on the platforms you are active on. Yeah, I mean, this is a good point. It's one of those where I think my asterisk to it would be, you know, if you don't tweet a lot, make sure you have a pinned tweet that tells people where to go and find most of your activity. Mm-hmm. Right. So if you're more active on Instagram, then, you know, pin something there that has a link to your Instagram account or whatever it may be. Or as we've talked about, you know, have a, a landing page of a website where people can go and find all of your stuff and have that be, you know, uh, prominent on all of the various platforms. But yeah, as a whole, this is, you know, again, this fits right into the strategy because trying to keep up with all the platforms, especially not only just posting on them, but engaging on them can be an exhaustive, uh, you know, feat for sure. Yeah. And look, I mean, I, I think also too is, is why if you're neglecting certain places, why is it? And the one that you tend to use the most, what is it that you like about it? Is it, you don't post on YouTube as much because you don't have that type of content. It's like, keep in mind that you can post just about anything on YouTube. Um, and there is a shit ton of people on YouTube and you can have conversations with people on YouTube. Maybe it's because it's not as flexible of a platform on mobile, right? I mean, you got to, you got to factor in what, what is, what is it that you like about something versus what you don't like about something else. Um, I kind of feel like the top four that I think all bands should pay a consistent amount of attention to would be Instagram, YouTube, bands in town and Spotify. Now Spotify is, you know, it's got a freemium, but it's also paid. But in terms of flexibility, 
I feel like you get, there's good analytics there. I feel like industry people pay attention to Spotify numbers. You can add merch on there. You have access to the back end to where you can add playlists and change photos. And, you know, it's, it's artist friendly ish, right? Um, for a DSP anyway. But then Bands in Town is great because that's how, you know, you can, you, you connect with people that want to see you play or if you're going on tour, but then also too, they have a feature where you can email people right away, or you can message people that follow you and for free, and you can send them anything. It doesn't even have to be about a tour. It can be like, oh, we've got, you know, a video coming out and they get pinged right away. And so however many people follow you on there, it's, I think it's important to build up a base there. Instagram to me is a no brainer. Um, and, uh, as well as YouTube, I mean, you want people to see your videos, but like I said, you can post other types of content on there. Um, you know, but if, if those don't, that, that's just my personal top four. Um, I actually read an article the other day that said the only two things that you need to focus on are Instagram and your mailing list, which I don't necessarily argue with. I feel like if, if you can build up your mailing list and Instagram is a, a comfortable place for you to post and engage, that's all great too. Once again, though, I, to back up to the previous point, I think all of this is nonsense if you can't find a way to stay consistent, right? If you If you build up a mailing list, but you don't email people, it's pointless. If you have an Instagram account, but you're not posting on the daily, it's pointless. So find what works for you and stay consistent, right? I mean, I think that's, to me, that's the most important part. Yeah. And I think I'll defer to your expertise on this because you spend way more time really in the trenches on it. And I love your insight because, you know, you are, you're doing it day in and day out. Yeah. Uh, final number five, have smaller goals. When you dream too big, you don't take the smaller steps to get from here to there. Usually because the dream is so vague, get famous, that you don't have any idea where to begin. It's tough to turn a dream into a reality without concrete plans. Also, when you're trying to conquer the whole world at once, videos, playlists, tours, new music, merch sales, social, etc., you'll stretch yourself thin. Achieve one thing at a time, build from there. Yeah, I mean, this is always challenging. And this kind of goes back to that, you know, adage of like, you got to sit down and, and spend some time setting your goals and looking at what's realistic and what's the next thing that you can kind of, you know, work towards that will allow you to build towards the next few things from there. Um, again, I, this takes practice. You're not just going to be good at it because you've listened to this podcast. You know, so much of the expertise that Blasco and I are able to share is because we, a, we've been doing this particular thing for so long, but we also each spend a lot of time, you know, practicing these types of things in other avenues of our lives. You know, we're both avidly listening. I mean, part of the reason why we're talking about this article is we both listen to the CD baby, you know, musicians podcast. Um, so, you know, I think, you know, again, to me, I love this episode because it goes against every bit in my body of what I want to be doing. Right. I want yeah. it all. 
I want to do everything. I think I'm good at everything. And I think that just give me time and it will all work itself out. What I've found sometimes the hard way is, you know what? I got to really take an objective look at what, what goals I'm not reaching and then be real with myself to say, you know, that goal is actually an achievable goal with my skill set, my network, whatever. But the reason I'm not getting there is I don't have enough resources, whether that's time, money, energy, effort, whatever it may be. So let me just figure out a way to not necessarily abandon it, but go double down on the things that I do have the time, the passion, the finances, the energy and effort for, and then see if that still fits into my my goals. So, you know, if, if you take anything away from this, it's probably that what you want to do and what you're feeling is the opposite of, <laughs> of what this episode is telling you to do. And I'm right there with you. I'm as uncomfortable as hell thinking about it, but I've seen the results when I actually do it. Yeah. And um, <clears throat> I would say in addition to all of that, uh, you know, making a to-do list that is realistic. And I've even mentioned this before. It's like, there's something to be said about just crossing those items off. Like, let you know, rehearsal on Tuesday. Right. And then even the minute details of, you know, pick up strings from guitar center or, you know, pick up drumsticks from guitar center, like, you know, rehearse this, rehearse these songs, get ready for this show. Like even breaking down the steps of just, just going to rehearsal and what the agenda at rehearsal is like making a to-do list there. Those, those are goals. Those are accomplishable goals that you can then scratch off and that's progress. I mean, it may not it may seem like small potatoes, but the reality is it's progress. And when, you know, whenever it's like, like he's saying, it's like so daunting whenever the, the goal is to go on a national tour and play in front of people and, and put out a, get a record deal and da, 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 da. It's like, there's so many steps to get to that point that whenever you're focused on that one big thing, you lose perspective of everything in the middle and you don't, and then you don't have fun with it, right? Like just focus on the daily routines, focus on this week, focus on this month, focus on the next three months, like set a plan for yourself and cross off those items as you go along. It will feel like progress. And as it feels like progress, that adds gasoline to your enthusiasm to help propel you into those other things. Cause as you, as you cross off those items, you're building confidence and there's nothing more important with building confidence to help propel you to that next level. Damn uh, son. Wrap that yes. one up nicely with a big bad bow on it. How about that? <laughs> um, anyway, I uh, hope you all listen to the end and that uh, concludes episode 115 Thank you for tuning in. We will be back here next week. In the meantime, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Blasco1313. We encourage you to email us any questions or comments to me directly, askblasco at gmail.com. If you have listened this far, much respect to you for making efforts to educate yourselves and taking your future into your own hands. Mike, any final parting thoughts? 
guys can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Mike O'Loop. I keep it simple because that's what's working for me at the moment. If you're interested in taking your career a little bit further, go on over to OuterLoopCoaching.com to see what we've got to offer. Blasco, what a fantastic episode. I appreciate you getting us through 115. Here's to the next 115. Thanks, everyone. All right. Peace. Hey there, I'm Johnny Christ from Avenge Sevenfold, and I've got a podcast called Drinks with Johnny you're going to want to check out. I sit down with a bunch of different people from all different walks of life, from professional wrestlers to actors, comedians, fighters, musicians, everything in between. I'm just looking to make some friends and have a good time doing it. So if that sounds like something you're into, go check out Drinks with Johnny, streaming everywhere now. Hi, this is Paul from Outer Loop Coaching and OuterLoopCoaching.com, and I'm back with you this week to talk about the most marketable music that you can make, and I think you're going to like this. This is great, great news for you. This is not going to be how you should take your sound and try to sound like the next ACDC or Pink Floyd, so you're going to sell a ton of uh, of albums to people who listen to that stuff. This isn't going to be about how you need to listen to Beyonce and make sure that your drop hits at the same time that her drop hits and your chorus hits at the same time. All that stuff can be good advice. I'm don't I don't knock it. But what I'm going to say is that you need to be you. You need to sound like the most amazing version of your original ideas that you possibly can. But there's a lot of work involved after you've done making the song, after you've done made the recording. All of the work is about trying to either find the audience that is going to love you or do all the work you need to do to be discoverable by that audience. This is the truth. The internet has changed everything. The democratization of distribution has got a lot of different ways that it makes your life better. It certainly has its challenges, but let's talk about the ways it makes your life better. One of those ways is that your audience can be found. Your audience is out there. It used to be that in order to find an audience, you had to get on radio, you had to convince some record label exec to sign you, you had to do all that networking BS in order to then have them tell you how you need to sound different in order to sell to those people. That's not the way it is anymore. Just think about it. Out of the billions of people on this planet, There has to be, there has to be a thousand, ten thousand, a hundred thousand, maybe even a million or more people who will love what you do. You just need to find them. And that's where the work is. 
You can take the easy way out and try to come up with a sound that's going to be palatable to a million people out of the 5 million, 10 million that you can get exposed to by barely putting any work into it, right? So you could certainly do that the easy way and then get those people. But if you can find a way to get your music to the 8 billion or whatever other people that there are on this planet, somehow get it to them. The people who will become your fans will hear you. That is where the magic is at. That's the democratization of distribution in practice. So in once again, in short, and the way to think about this, right, is you can certainly try to sound that is going to make you huge and your little local market, right? And you can get on your little local radio station and maybe you can sell enough tickets to your next show that you can start to build a career. There are people who do that and that's great for them. But if you're coming up with a sound that is unique, that is powerful, that is not for everybody, perhaps you're part of a subgenre or a genre that just isn't going to be something that a ton of people are going to get. Maybe it's just your voice, your way of communicating is just not for a lot of people. You have a niche audience. Go find them. Go find them. Go. You may discover that you're going to be big in some country you've never heard of before, and you can build a career from that. All I'm saying is, if you want to be true to your sound, be true to your music, and be unique, and it's great, and it's the best version of you, you can make a career out of that. So go do it. And if you don't want to put in the work, of getting your music in front of 8 billion people, and that's really hard to do, then certainly just make the compromises you need to make in order to be the best, most popular band for the few people that you can get your music to. That's the equation. That's the paths to choose from. The most marketable music that you make is you unique, awesome, powerful, and nobody, nobody can compete with you. There's only one of you, so make the most of it. That's the advice this week. There's a lot more going on at OuterLoopCoaching.com. Come visit the website. Come download the free ebook. We got a huge number of blog entries that we've been putting up lately that are just enormous and they've got a lot of really great information on all parts of the the recording process all parts of the the releasing of your music process all of that stuff so come on out to the website go check it out i'll see you next week thank you so much put down in the comments below did this make a difference for you is this something that makes you go maybe i need to stop compromising maybe i need to just be me or do you go, you know what, I want the easier way. I'm going to find a way to be huge for the people that I can't expose myself to. And it's not that many people. That's okay. Let me know down in the comments below. Like it, share it, and subscribe. I'll see you next week. Thank you so much. 
Bowie, Dylan, Marley. You've heard the names and maybe you've heard their songs, but what about the stories behind the records that made titans of music like these so universally loved and important? Join me, Josh Adam Myers, host of The 500, as each week I go through a different album from Rolling Stone Magazine's 500 Greatest Albums list from 2012 with an incredible lineup of comedians, actors, and musicians talking about how the music has impacted their lives. New episodes of The 500 come out every Wednesday. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network.